Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, it is Kat Ramirez, CEO and founder of Advertise and Hashtag Social Buzz. Woo! Uh, I am live and I'm excited to be live. I um, have a special guest and we were talking backstage. I love it backstage. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about um, our current situation. And I said, oh, I love it. I got clients who are calling me now like, hey, I'm back in business, Cat. Let's start advertising. And I was like, yay, yay. I love it right now. So uh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, all the more reason to bring on my guests who I'm excited to have because I was his guest. So um, I will bring on uh, Daryl Perry, who is also known as the bow tie guy, right? And let me bring him on. Hey, Daryl. Hey, <laughs> thanks okay. for having me. Yes, absolutely. I got all these graphics stuff, so I've been playing with. You like my graphics? <laughs> I can't do all that. You're fancier than I am with the graphics. <laughs> uh, so, okay, thanks for, first off, thank you for joining me on my show. I appreciate it. Uh, and just so that you know, because we're on five platforms. We're on, uh, oh. yep, if you're watching us from Facebook, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching us from LinkedIn, give us uh, a thumbs up or a smiley face or a heart. Uh, and then if you're watching us from YouTube, um, my YouTube fans usually make a comment. So uh, <laughs> do a shout out, let me know where you're watching from. Um, so the um, so I was on your show, I had a great time. And I said, Hey, Daryl, you should be on my show because I think you'd be an awesome guest. And you said, sure, cat. Why and not? Here you are. So tell me why they call you the bow tie guy first. It's honestly was a, a big accident. So um, I've cold called a lot in my sales career. And um, a while ago, my wife said, hey, you should start wearing bow ties. There's this way to tie a necktie into a bow tie. So my bow ties, little secret, are actually neckties. And um, I started wearing them to work, and it kind of became my thing. And when I would cold call people, sometimes we meet at a Starbucks or a you know an open meeting space or something. And they, we didn't see each other because we weren't using LinkedIn. It was just a phone call. So they would say, well, how will I know who you are? And I'd say, oh, I'll be the guy with the bow tie. And um, <laughs> it kind of became my mentor heard me say it one day and said, oh, the guy with the bow tie, I like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And it just kind of became my thing because I always wear a bow tie. So um, people don't even know my name sometimes. They just know, hey, it's that bow tie guy handles my insurance. <laughs> that is awesome. But you know what is more awesome of the story you just told? That, that's a tie. I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. So you, you really made use of your tie. I think that's Yeah, awesome. I have a whole bunch of neckties. I just didn't want to get rid of them. And I haven't worn a necktie, like a tie that way, probably in at least seven years now. So um, yeah. it's part of me. 
Okay. No, I love that. That's great. Uh, and I love that you have a signature. So basically you have a brand basically. Yeah. Accidental brand, but I think it's kind of like nicknames, the nicknames you don't give yourself that kind of just happen yep. are usually the best nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcello is watching and he says, hello from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, hey Cello, Mar that's my man. That's the most right. hydrated man on the internet. Yeah, and I need to catch this little happy hour show. I keep missing it. Uh, I will catch it, though, Marcello. I will catch it. And uh, hope it's hot. I used to call it Hotlanta when I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, so if, if, if you guys have any comments and want to drop a line, because what we're going to talk about, um, and this was a topic Daryl uh, requested and i and i think it's so appropriate and it's such a great it's a great great topic it's educate first sell less and i mm -hmm. love that um so tell me about that for you daryl so basically for my work it's in the insurance world is kind of boring and factual and data all the time if you just talk about a product people don't know what they have so people will buy something and then they'll have buyer's remorse or not even know what they have because someone just said hey this is awesome you should get it hey this is great you should get it and then never actually explain the nuances of the product so people end up you know so many times i talk to people they're like i don't know what i have for life insurance i don't know what i have and that kind of shows me that the education wasn't there because I'd almost rather you know the concept of what you have and then the product secondary because if you know the concept, then an agent that's first in what they're doing can say, oh, is it with this company, is it with this company? Then the conversation's better than, I got something, I don't know what I have. So um, in my field, since people don't like insurance at the first thought of thinking about it, yep. I spend most of my time educating on what it is and why you need it. And then somebody says, hey, maybe I need that versus me kind of forcing it down their throat saying, you should have this because it's awesome. Right. now because I'm sure you've seen this a lot. What are some of the red flags that you know that the person before you that sold them a products and services didn't educate first? Are, are there any red flags that when you meet someone and you're, you're kind of like asking and, and trying to understand if they know their products or services? You, usually the one thing is they, just, they don't even know the company. That's a big red flag. Okay. Like I pay somebody, I have no idea what company. That happens all the time. People say, oh, I have life insurance. Well, who's it yep. with? I don't know. It just comes out of my account once a month. Well, first, check your bank statement to know who you're paying. But secondly, yep. that's important for your family to know, like, hey, if I kick the bucket out of nowhere, call X. Yep. And if you don't know that, I mean, the easiest one we all know is usually health insurance because the card's in your wallet or the app's on your right. phone. But your things like disability, life insurance, stuff like that, you usually don't use it until something bad's happened. But you should still know, hey, when something bad happens, call this. So that's one. And then secondly, when I ask people, um, like for insurance, like health insurance, what's your deductible? And they'll say, oh, $5. Like your deductible is not $5. That's, that doesn't happen. Um, it's either zero if you go to Obamacare sometimes or it's 500 or higher. Yep. So when, when I hear those things, like, oh, my deductibles, they're like, what's your copay? 5000 No, your copay is not $5,000. Like you don't know what you have. So those are two right. big red flags for me when they misrepresent the term I ask them what, about the product. Okay. And I can relate to that because uh, when I uh, opened my business and I had an office, well, I mean, I still do, but nobody's there. But when I, <laughs> when I had an office, I had to get business insurance. Okay. And mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was or you know, <laughs> what did I get for it or what does it cover? You know, I don't, I had no idea. And um, even now, like if you ask me, you know, what is your business insurance covers? You know, my guess is uh, 
of course, any of the hard stuff like my equipment and stuff like that. But other yeah. than that, maybe somebody tripped in my office. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's think? important. Just, yeah, that's, a, that's that's one of those things. See, business insurance, you don't know until it happens. But the education, would you would at least know a couple of key points like, oh, if I can't open my doors for six months, I have overhead insurance or, oh, if I have this happen, like you get the concept that that's yeah. good to me to know the concept, because at least you'll know, like, I know I have somebody that covers this and it happened. So let me call them. That to me is good because at least people all the time have stuff happen and don't know what it covers. Right. And later on, an agent says, you know, you could have got paid for that. Like, really? Well, yeah, that's what that's what you bought. But, well, I didn't know I just bought it because it sounded good. Right, so, right. so it's OK. You know, you, you don't know the company name at this point, but, you know, at least at least know some points of what you're covered for. Right. Right. OK, so let's because I love this. This is fun for me. What are some tactics that you use? Okay, this is the marketing person in me to, bum, bum, ed- <laughs> to educate first. What are some of the tactics that you use? So for me, when I first got on LinkedIn, and I'm pretty much solely on LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel, but it's pretty bare bones. But um, when I first got on YouTube, I went through progression. The first, it was sharing articles. Hey, this is a cool article. Check okay. this one out. Um, then from there, I started doing the text graphics, like to do the graphic picture with a quote or something or some mm-hmm. kind of piece of information. So for me, it's always been providing value. I always think about putting value out there first. So that's my tactic is give, give, give. Yep. That sounds very mundane and you've heard it over and over again. But at this point now, when people, you know, they think of insurance, a lot of people think of me because I post so often. And it's not that I post a million times a day, but I'm consistent. Um, I daily have a post. I do a video show three times a week at least. And people just know, oh, that's the insurance guy. So that was a tactic for me. Like I've done, you know, cold calling for the first two years of my agency. And um, that works. And it's still, you give education up front yep. basically saying, hey, did you know this? Did you know that? But at a certain point, you say, I don't want to chase every meal I have to get. So right. I kind of started saying, let me give out some information. So sometimes it's opposed to me rapping about insurance. I, I like to put music, my past life into my current work. So I'll rap about insurance sometimes. That's just giving value. So a lot of giving, giving, giving. Yep. And then people eventually say, you know what? When I need that, I'm going to ask this person. So that's probably my go-to tactic is to give value. Okay. Okay. And so, um, and the reason I ask is, um, I recently attended a, um, webinar workshop, whatever you want to call it, um, Mm -hmm. that talked about, um, ways to improve your live videos or the, the value that you give back to people, uh, your audience, whatever. Okay. And one of the things that suggested, which I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is great. Um, was, um, you have to uh, offer your audience, you know, solve a problem for them every day, solve a problem or however many yep. times you do your videos or your educational thoughts, focus on solving a problem because they probably have that problem. And if they can mm-hmm. identify with that problem, they're going to relate and they're going to be like, bing, 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 bing. I need to talk to you, cat. I need to talk. Yep. You know what I'm um, and so I thought that was like a great suggestion and a great reminder because even when you're providing content on your social media or where, whatever platform, email marketing, whatever, you know, if you're solving a problem and you're help identify with that person, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have the bing, 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 red lights, you know, and solving, yeah. a, solving a problem can also mean like, okay, what's in it for me? So like yeah. you're talking to me and I, and you think what's in it for, for me, the consumer, because you're like, cat, 
this is your lifestyle that, you know, this is, you're making a lot of assumptions. Okay. You're a business person. Mm. You probably have a family. You probably want to secure your, um, you know, your resources and everything, you know, maybe your priority is to make sure that if something happened to you, that you have enough insurance to really cover, you know, for the, your, your legacy to keep going. You know right. And so you would talk to me about maintaining and keeping my legacy so that it gets passed on to someone else and they can still maintain it. Uh, yeah. Or, or maybe it is, maybe I just want to save money. Like right now I'm in a pandemic. I still need insurance, right? I still need insurance, right. but I'm in a pandemic. What do I do? How do I, you know, how are you going to relate to me? So that I, I say, you know what? I need to talk to the bow tie guy. <laughs> and I like that he said that to the, you know, solve a problem. Cause I was talking with Mar Marissa Friedman the other day. I interviewed her yesterday and she mentioned how the, uh, recently the number one source of, uh, web traffic for home Depot was Pinterest. And I was like, Pinterest, but Pinterest shows the problem. Like, Hey, do you got a deck that's messed Love up it. or Hey, do you have this? They're solving the problem. And the wives and the people that are at home were just kind of like, I'm at home all day on Pinterest. So I could tell my husband or my spouse, whoever does the artwork and then handiwork, Hey, go to home Depot and get this. Yeah. And I would have never thought Pinterest was the place that would drive traffic for them, but it solved the problem. It would show okay. these magical gardens and these magical front parts of the house that you're like, I want that. Yeah. And um, that's solving the problem. So yeah, definitely if you talk about, that's something I would, I never talk about product. Whenever you look at my feed, there's never been a single time I said, this is the best insurance product for X. I might right. talk about a concept, yep. but I never say a certain company because everybody's different. So when you tell me I'm trying to save money, I would put a different company versus another company because that's your problem. But I don't pitch my feed to, this is the cheapest product possible because everybody's right. different. So yep. I'll talk about why you might need a certain thing, but then go from there. Yeah. And then the other thing they kind of alluded to and mentioned was uh, case studies. So sample case studies, because those are uh, hardened things that people can relate to that are like legit, you know, because people yep. love, I mean, there are people out there that just love case studies and, um, and, and also it depends on who you're trying to target, you know, um, so whether it's an entrepreneur, individual person and, and what have you. Um, but another great way to educate first, and I don't know if you do these, Daryl, but might be a suggestion. Uh, webinars, webinars or um, workshops, you know, online workshops or webinars. I do some, and one, my, my pet peeve for that too is when, when you guys do webinars, don't do the webinar where it's like, I have the secret to something and then you're oh, selling the whole time. Yeah, you're selling the whole yeah. time and never give the secret because I hate those when I'll sign up for a lot. Oh, five secrets to make your marketing 10x or something. Yeah. And then you're watching the webinar and the whole time is a sales pitch. And at the very end, like, oh, if you sign this, you know, go to this landing page, then you get the secret. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm actually just giving away, like I did one this morning. I did one for the Douglas Chamber of Commerce over nice. here in Georgia. Nice. And it was just talking about how to help your employees feel comfortable going back to work during COVID-19. Okay. Because let's face it, a lot of employees, they're working hourly and they're kind of like, hey, if I don't work for four weeks, I'm in a bad situation. Or if I can track COVID-19, I'm in a bad situation. So I talked to them about solutions that a small business can get at no cost to the business or a low cost to say, hey, I want you guys to feel comfortable coming back to work. I want you to know if you get sick, I got you. I want you to know if you can't work because you're, you know, you have an income loss or something you're taken care of. So I was just telling them these are the options. There was no product mentioned. It was just these are the options. Yep. And two of them are like, hey, we need that. We were talking about that. Um, I love the way you didn't try to sell me. You know, you yep. just told me what's out there. So that's the way I like to buy. I never want someone to just kind of pitch me all day. Yep. And um, 
the thing that's different for a lot of these uh, older salespeople getting into the internet is back in the day, you didn't have this wealth of information. You couldn't just look up what's the best advertising agency in Milwaukee. You couldn't right. find that. You didn't know what advertising meant. You didn't know what it took to make a good strategy. Now you can look it all up and kind of get an idea. Mm -hmm. So for us as salespeople to kind of predicate the start of I know everything isn't the best way. You should try to teach them something that they might not know, but you right. can't go in there saying like, I'll hold all the information. I'm the best. You're going to buy it because I know it. No, teach people and they will decide on their own. They'll self-select saying, hey, I want this because you weren't a jerk trying to sell me. You were trying to teach me something that didn't make sense from the websites I read. I agree. And there actually is a name for that, Daryl. It's called consultative selling. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad word. People throw that around so many different ways, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, but I love it because I am a consultative seller too. Um, I am more about educating than I am about getting that sell or using that click funnel. I hate click funnels. And even the name click funnel to me is negative. It's like, I'm going, it's like a clickbait, you know, it's all that. Yeah. I just don't like but see, it. But I look at, I look at selling like dating. I'm, I was kept saying, I'm going to write a book about this at some point, but selling is like dating. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at LinkedIn, some people or Facebook, any social media people will connect and pitch you right away. Yep. That to me is the tender of sales. You're like, I'm just going to go connect and boom, Damn. we're going to bang it out and be happy. <laughs> no. That's not a relationship. If yep. you want a relationship, you'd say, you know, tell me what's going on in your business. I saw you posted this. You ask them questions and talk to them. And right. then when something comes up, I think Richard Moore said this best. He said, when people, when you want to sell in the DM, he said they either compliment you, like saying something you did was great or some education you gave them, yep. or they vent to you about a problem you might be able to solve. Yep. He said those two are like the best two triggers for, hey, you should pitch them at those points because they trust you enough to vent to you or trust you enough to say, hey, I like what you're doing. And I like that because that's like dating. I'm not going to ask a woman to marry me that isn't saying, hey, you're handsome or anything because that's probably barking up the wrong tree mm -hmm. and I'll be chasing versus, yep. you know what, this person actually wants me. So yep. let me stay over there and not use a click funnel and use some slip one-liners right. and I use love something that helps. Analogy. <laughs> I love this. This is good. I love it. It makes total sense. And then it, it makes sense when you align it with the different products that are also out there. Mm -hmm. You might want to write that book. <laughs> As been, I've been teaching myself. So I have a team of agents and I, I find myself saying that over and over again and training, yep. like, think of it like dating. Yep. And, um, that usually makes sense for people when it's like, if, would you just marry someone that said, let's get married the first time they said hi to you? No. Then don't expect them to have a meeting with you the first time they call you. Right. You might have to call back. You might have to express some value or don't think just because you say, hey, I'm Billy Badass. Hey, let's have a meeting. No. Right. <laughs> That's the old school Mad Men sale. Oh, that yeah. doesn't work anymore. And now they can look you up as soon as you hang up the phone or while you're on the phone. Um, they want to see a web presence. They want to see you're putting out content or something. And a lot of people think because you hear this on LinkedIn or social media that, oh, you're just saying they want content because you make content. No, I look up people that I don't know that are on LinkedIn just to find out, can I learn about them? Yep. And if I don't see anything, I kind of have a little red flag like, well, are they really as good as they say they are? Yep. Are they really trying to help me as much as they say they are? Because I don't see any content. So that to me is a validation as a consumer. If it's something like even Thumbtack or uh, Home Advisor, yep. if I don't see reviews and you've been on there for like a week, I'm like, eh. Can I trust you? So all consumers want to see some kind of social proof of have you done something? So as you make content, that's you building up your case for when you call someone, they'll say, okay, let me look her up and see if she's good. 
Yeah. And that's why we do this. This is, I think when you ask about, you know, educate first, sell second, is that education now is a micro education. You've been advertising for how long now? Me, myself? Yeah, how many years has it been for you? Uh, it'll be five, this year, five. So five years ago, probably you think it, the social media wasn't as big of a deal. You probably did a lot more, you know, online, web banners, TV, stuff like that. Networking, and networking. Networking too, yeah. So those things, like, they'll they'll stick for a while. Like if you make an ad for TV or something or a website mm -hmm. banner, you might run that for three to six months to a year. Mm -hmm. But social media is like, what else you got? What yeah. else you got? What else yeah. you got? So it, it is a little bit different, but it's all education. If you keep giving all that education, they're almost compelled to say, you know what? This person's giving me so much. That's valuable. They, and they right. know you and they see the value. They might not like you all the time, but they see the value you've given and they know you. So they'll say, okay, I'll go with this person. So I think that'll add to no like and trust. I do mm -hmm. like the no and the trust part, yep. but the liking part, I think, isn't as big a deal if you're giving the value to people. Oh, absolutely. But then there's, there, and I find this on LinkedIn is, there's also those people that um, just have conversations with you. Um, I mean, I've had people kind of like, I don't know what you want to call it, pretend like they're interested and then they're actually going to meet with you and they're going to flip it. <laughs> Sal, you, I know you run into this too. <laughs> yes, I get it. I, I had one today and an email sent to me. It's rude. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fine line to figure that out. I mean, for me, I look at it like uh, I call it either I'm, I'm a fan of yours, I'm liking your logo. Yeah. So if I pursue someone on LinkedIn for a sales opportunity, if somebody actually like want to work with, like I like, oh, that'd be cool to work with them. Mm -hmm. um, I, I usually call it, you know, collecting the logos like Pokemon. It's kind of how to look at it. Like all the logos are like Pokemon to me. So I'll see a certain logo for a company, like I want that logo. Yeah. And I'm a fan of that. Like one favorite one of mine is the Slutty Vegan. It's okay. a uh, vegan restaurant here in Georgia. And um, I said, I really like what they're doing. I want to work with them. Yep. So I just connected with several of them on LinkedIn and just said, hey, I love what you guys are doing. How can I help the brand? No sales pitch. There's, I know you guys are a food truck and do you know catering. How can I help? And yep. a young lady said, we're looking for catering gigs. Can you help introduce it to somebody? So, well, hey, I'll, I'll mention your name out there and see if anybody asks. I'll definitely mention. And they saw my profile and said, hey, we're looking at insurance. Can you help us? And oh, nice. the, But see, the educate for a sale part was like they said, we're talking to some people. Can you do any better? And yeah. I said, no. So, huh? Like nobody gets cheaper rates for insurance. It's just different strategies. So honestly, right. if you're talking to somebody else, I'm not going to be any cheaper. I'll just have a different strategy. And they said, okay, we want you just because of that. I didn't go in there saying, I got the cheapest rates in town. I'll cut it by 15% because right. I can't do that. Right. <laughs> I have to work with a product that's finite and set by somebody else. So this is the rate. I can't change it. So if any broker tells you that or an insurance person tells you, I'll get you the cheapest rates in town, they really can't. It's just that they give you the right strategy, which is where the education comes in. I, I told them, because you're a restaurant, you want to have this, this, and this because of turnover and keep your costs down. They said, oh, that's good. Nobody told us that before. That's where the sales went away and the education was first. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's because you brought more value to the table than just to sell. And, you know, um, what is the word? That was a word I want to use for your product. But, you know, more than just trying to, um, you know, uh, sell the product and, and the what you have, you actually were intelligent enough to sit and talk and give some feedback on other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you were a little more strategic, I uh, guess mm. the, the good word to say. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like anybody can partner with anybody. Anybody can buy a service that's 
comparable to anybody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everybody can. But what is it different about you? Because I say this a lot. You know, what is it that about you that's different that you're going to bring to the table so that if they do business with you, they're going to to because you more to the table. And again, this goes back to like my my um, business insurance guy. I hope he's not watching. I never hear from him. <laughs> never. <laughs> that's a that's a bad rep the insurance industry Hello, has. Kind of are you insurance guy. Hello. Yeah. I never. Even it's a one night stand thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a one night stand. A lot of a lot of insurance is that way. You just sell it and disappear. <laughs> Fortunately, I mean, I mean, right? I should be that, hearing from him. You should. I mean, we we changed financial advisors because of that reason. Because I said this guy never calls us. I don't want to have him get a commission every year for doing nothing. I mean, yes, he emails us, but give a phone call or something. But right. I, I'm in a position where since I'm doing employee benefits, I have to talk to you at least once a year. So I'm kind of forced into it, which is good for my training because Lord, Lord knows if I got trained by like a life insurance person or a property and casualty person, I probably wouldn't do that. I probably would yeah. sell it and disappear because that was the pattern. But in my industry, since it's benefits, there's open enrollment every year. Yeah. So I got to go back and make sure you have new hires. You know, is anybody going to change anything? Does the benefit yeah. package change? Have the rates gone up? I have to go back to make sure. So that's kind of helped me. But it makes it help for other parts of my business because when I write life insurance, like life insurance isn't a over and over kind of thing. You just kind of write it and it's done. But we'll talk to them once a year, say, how's everything going? Family okay? Anything going on? Like this, Just to make sure because those policies can be flipped pretty easily. People just switch carriers and say, oh, you can save a dollar a month on this. And it's, they don't know it's the same product or it's any different. So they just have somebody tell them, I'll save you money and your last guy hasn't called you in two years. So what do you got to lose? It's kind of like the, the Trump stance. What do you got to lose? Just do that. And that's where I like to stay in touch with them, whether it's a text every once in a while, they see my LinkedIn or something, just so they know like, hey, I'm still here. And that's the education part too, because it's cheaper to keep a customer versus finding a new one. Right, right. Oh, I because like at the end of the day, as a business owner, my business changes. And I know this year mine did. Did, I, did he call me to say, hey, how you doing, cat? How's your business? Anything I can do to help? You know, just even a simple chat. You know what I mean? Like anybody who is servicing a business, if you didn't pick up the phone and call your clients and say, How are you doing? Everything yep. okay? This is the opportunity that they have to capitalize on. And it's they still have the opportunity, by the way. So if you're watching and you do business to business and you haven't picked up the phone and check and touch base with every client. And just say, hey, how you doing? How's how's everything going? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, a, people remember a, that this time because it's COVID virus. Right, it's a missed opportunity. So, okay, so back to um, the whole educate uh, and then sell. Um, again, I'm a fan of it. Uh, the thing I run into them a lot, just so that I can share my experiences, is when I who buys into a product or service and they don't know what they're getting. And the most common one, the most common is SEO. So they, cause nobody knows what SEO, what is that? Mm. You know, optimization, you know, and people buy into it because everybody says, Oh, you should have SEO. You should have SEO. You should have SEO, but nobody knows why they just like, Oh, you know, I should have SEO. I'm like, why? Because everybody says I have to have SEO. Okay. okay. So anyways, uh, companies that I, and I do this and I, I'm just leading into you. Okay. I'm leading into what you're going to offer. So 
when people buy into the SEO, I'm like, my question is, what did you buy? And tell me what it is. Like, what did you buy? I don't know, Kat. I don't know what I get for my SEO. Okay. And I, so to me as a business owner and I pinch every penny, how can you buy into something if you don't know what you're getting, the tangible results? How can you do that? Okay. Or the return that you're getting on it. You're just believing whatever the person sold you and they're telling you you got SEO and you're like, okay, I'm paying this, let's say $150 a month to 2000. Sometimes it's 2000 a month. Yeah. SEO. I I think it's like a... I think it's when people try to like complicate it and make it sound fancier that happens. Cause I mean, my background, I came from retail sales. I used to sell, you know, copiers, refrigerators, electronics was my biggest thing selling TVs and stuff like that. And, um, for a while I was the nerdy guy that just knew everything about the TV. Mm-hmm. So they would buy it from me to say, Hey, you know, everything. So whatever you say, I'm getting it. They wouldn't have a clue what it did, but I could explain it so eloquently and knowing what it did. They're like, yeah, whatever that guy said, get it. And when I got the B2B, I found out quickly that doesn't work because people want to know. So nobody buys complicated in B2B. Um, right. B2C, they might buy complicated because it sounds like it's the best. Think about Tesla. that You can have a Tesla and not know a thing it does except it's a great electric car. But B2B, it's a direct business result. So if you don't know what it does, that's what happens when they talk to people like you saying, I don't know what I paid for. Just the guy sounded good. And... I always look at it like I tell my kids all the time, nobody buys complicated, so make everything simple. So if you can't explain whatever you're doing, like in a fourth grade level, then forget it. So I don't use jargon. I'm not using fancy words, things I only talk about with my team. I'm using very real life, like, hey, if you couldn't work for three weeks, how would you pay your bills? Hey, mm-hmm. your turnover is really bad right now. What are you doing to attract quality employees here to keep them working here? Not your retention rate is under, you know, no, nobody says that in the real world. I use the factual, your business issue, let's talk about it that way. And right. then you know what you have. So I think SEO, I've heard it a lot for SEO and Groupon people a lot. They buy these deals and they're like, I made no money on that. Well, you didn't ask the right questions. You just bought it because it sounded good. And right. I think because the salespeople have to take the time to slow down because those people you're talking to would still be clients of that other person if they took the time to educate them to say, hey, this is going to take six months to show results. Oh, so that's why you get a six month contract. Or, oh, this is going to take this long to do this. Because that's a big issue that people don't tell them the full process. And then they get mad. Like, I was still with some snake oil, a bill of false goods. Well, you didn't ask the questions or the agent or the salesperson did not take the time to properly educate you so you knew what you were getting and you felt good about it, not just happy in that moment. Right. I agree. I agree. That That's well stated. Okay. So as we wrap this up there, Daryl, what are you offering my, the people that are watching today? Because, you know, here's the reality is how do I know if I have, I'm just going to use my example. If I have good insurance, you know, uh, I know that what I bought is relevant today as opposed to when I bought it. Let's say I bought it you know, 20 years ago, right? Because your life changes. And if you don't hear from your insurance person, then it may not be relevant today, especially if you had a family or whatever, blah, 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 right? Those things change. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll review people's insurance all the time. Like a big thing, like first, big disclaimer for life insurance, I'm not here to switch people's life insurance. If you got a policy 20 years ago, it's probably good. Because it's 20 years ago, you age 20 years. There's no way the rate's going to be cheaper 20 years later because life insurance is based on age. But I'll review okay. it just to make sure, hey, do you have enough? You might need more because you have more kids now or you might have had a bigger house or whatever. But I'll tell people all the time, like, hey, whatever you had, keep it. 
I'm not that guy flipping policies that were bought 20 years ago. If you bought it two years ago, maybe, because okay. that rate didn't change a whole lot. But 20 years ago, I'd probably say, you know what? For what you got, that's a good deal. And they didn't know we lived this long 20 years ago. So honestly, you get a policy that long ago, you probably got a good deal because they thought we lived to be 70 and we're living to be 100. Um, yep. So I'll do insurance reviews. I do anything people related. So if it's stuff, I don't do it. I have partners that do stuff. So like insuring a house, a car, a cell gotcha. phone. Stuff is not me. I like to do people. So gotcha. if it's health insurance, life insurance, disability, anything that affects a human, um, I'll do reviews for that to people to look at what you have. And if you're a small business, a big thing small businesses don't know is there's a lot of benefits you could offer at no cost to the owner. There are a lot of benefits you could offer at no zero dollars cost to the owner and actually save some money. So I had a client that's here in Georgia that he runs a company that has four employees and he wanted to give them something, but he couldn't afford major medical. I said, yep. no, you got four employees. Major medical is a ripoff for your size company, unless you guys need it because someone has a health issue. But we talked about getting them accident plans because they drive all the time. So they have gotcha. policies to pay them. If they get hurt in a car accident, they get paid. Probably 20 bucks a month per person. He said, that's cool. I can deal with that. So oh, nice. you can do that, pay for it if you want to, not pay for it. But there are several options that are made for small business. And small business is usually two or more people. So it could be husband, wife, and employee, or husband, yep. wife, and 18-year-old son. Um, I'm doing reviews for that for small businesses saying, hey, I don't have anything. My employees are complaining. I can't get anybody that's good except off of Craigslist. Is all my employees come from there. No shade on Craigslist. Honestly, you're not going to get the best person from there probably. So Helping them attract quality employees is also that. So if you need help with anything, benefits or insurance, um, my LinkedIn's obviously tagged on here. That's pretty much the main thing I use at LinkedIn. Send me a message, uh, follow a hashtag, bowtie guy, and we can talk about that to help you get a review of what you currently have or what you might need for the future. Okay. And then Andre has a question. He says, uh, do you believe whole life policies are better or term? Okay, so there, there's a big but in the questions with that. So there's three main types of life insurance, term, whole, and then usually universal life. Term okay. is the cheapest for death benefit. So if you're buying purely for death benefit, nothing beats term. Now, okay. there's a lot of pundits that will say, don't get whole life, buy a term, invest the difference. I don't follow that because you look at any bank, any bank uses permanent life insurance to help fund their bank. So that's okay. where whole life and universal life comes in. These policies have cash value. So Andre, depending on your age, whole life is the most expensive kind of insurance, but it's to your age 100. It's a set rate, it's level. There's no variables to it. They're okay. good for, I want a burial policy or a set guaranteed amount of cash when I retire. If you like to play in the stock market, universal life is an option that follows the S&P 500 usually. And imagine this cat, you like this. When the market goes up, you capture cash. But when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Oh, wow. So the market goes up, there'll be a cap to it, so I'll be clearing it as a cap. So let's say the market goes up 20%, and your policy is a cap of 12%, for example, or 10%. You'll cap it at 10%, so you didn't get the full 20%, but if the market tanks the next year and loses 5%, you're fine. You're you didn't lose there. anything. That's nice. Yeah, you didn't lose a thing. So that's a great thing for, that. that depends on the person. So Andre, it all depends. Those are the three main types, term, whole life, and universal life. They're all good in mixtures together. Yep. To give a quick example, I had a woman in New Jersey that she had a uh, term policy. She was 52 mm -hmm. and it lapsed. So she's probably paying like $600 to catch the policy up. Um, so I said, well, hey, you're still alive. So I don't see the point in you paying $600 for a policy that you didn't die. So 
might as well start over again. Right. So she got a term policy for her mortgage because her mortgage, she just bought a house, had 20 years on it. Mortgage is 200000 yep. So I said, okay, do a term policy for that to cover the mortgage just in case because you're the breadwinner. And then she got a universal life to help for retirement because the money in a life insurance policy is not taxed. So the money you get out of life insurance is not taxed. You can borrow against yourself and you don't get taxed for it. That's oh. where you hear tax-free retirement. So great strategy that the wealthy use and a, a good book called Secrets from CPAs, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. He said, um, why doesn't everybody do this? And the, the quote he said was, well, people that understand it do it. So if you understand tax-free income from a policy that you can borrow against yourself and just keep on getting the same policy and not have any penalties, it's a great way to build for retirement if it's the right person. So oh, wow. Andre, it depends, but usually I like universal life over whole life unless it's a person that's risk averse or wants like a set number. Yep. This was a great tip. You saved this for the very end. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great tip. And the only reason you gave this tip is because of Andre. Thank you, Andre. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Andre. <laughs> that was a great tip. I was impressed by it. I was like, oh, nice. That's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. I love the fact that you can analyze this, somebody's uh, current insurance because, I, I mean, going back to the person who bought it 20 years ago, they might have bought a low amount and now right. they need more. I mean, I would imagine yep. they need more. You know, because you might have more kids, bigger house, right. something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, very cool. This was good information and I love it. Michael says, very knowledgeable. Thank you so much. Um, no problem. Thanks, Michael. I don't get interviewed. Usually I'm doing the interviewing. So Kat, thanks for interviewing me because usually yeah. I'm on your side asking the questions. So I don't get to talk about my day job yeah. um, that often. <laughs> but you have a regular live because I want you to tell everybody when to tune into yours because obviously you have some good information to share. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, my show is called Business with Benefits, hashtag Business with Benefits. Um, I do it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. I force myself into a new job, so people expect me to do it. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. And um, that's Eastern time. I know you're in Central time, Eastern time. Um, also, there's a new thing, Marcello and I, that's why Marcello's on here. Marcello and I started Link Lunch, uh, hashtag Link Lunch. Link Lunch is a live networking event on LinkedIn. So a lot of you've done Zoom networking where you got to figure out, are you on Facebook, are you on Instagram, are you whatever? Um, we're doing a LinkedIn live networking event where I'll have 20 people get a chance to say what they do and they kind of get a little interview from other people on the panel. And then you can connect with them right there because you can just click their face and say, oh, I like that. Let me connect with them. Um, we did our first one last week. It's every second and fourth Thursday at noon Eastern okay. time. So hashtag link lunch, hashtag uh, business of benefits. I'm the hashtag guy today. <laughs> nice, nice. No, those are awesome. That's great information. And thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. Apparently everybody else who's watching it is appreciating because I saw all the comments. So that's awesome. Thank you again, Daryl. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody is trying to get in contact with Daryl, I will definitely tag him in the post i'm sure he's already commented so um <clears throat> you'll see daryl's uh link and then um i'll make sure that uh i will link to his um linkedin profile so everybody can get a hold of him some way or fashion okay thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it and uh if you're watching thank you for watching i appreciate it and you got this because insurance is important i'll talk thank to you, you. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. 
Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear. So please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.